Louise McSharry on 2FM. But first, it is time for us to learn something. You know, I always say I want the show to be useful and informative. And so that's exactly what I'm hoping it will be today. We are going to talk about the fact that there is an assumption that as people get older, uh, their sexuality diminishes, that they're not interested in sex and that sex isn't a part of their life. But I think if you really think about it, you can probably come to the conclusion that that is not accurate. Dr. Mary Neelachlan is an academic clinical fellow in geriatric medicine based at King's College Hospital in London and she joins us now to discuss this. Hello Mary. Hello, how are you? I'm so well and I'm so thankful that you're coming on to talk to us about this because I know it's something that you're really passionate about. Um, But before we get into it, I saw on Instagram that you were dancing yesterday because of course you are in London (laughs) where we have moved into a new phase. How did it feel? It felt so good. Honestly, it felt euphoric. I like every time I think about it, I, I was actually getting food in Eat Yard um, in Dublin the other day. And it has that kind of festival vibe because you're outside and you're at food stalls and they have the tunes pumping. And I was very nearly breaking into a full bop just there waiting for my food. And I just thought, I think I might explode when the time comes to do it properly. I mean, there was a disclaimer. We were told to sit down pretty promptly after that video. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> they're supposed to be seated, socially distanced right, outdoor course. gigs. Yeah. Yeah. So before you think we were like in the club, it was no, no. pretty cold. <laughs> and every time we stood up and danced and got excited, they came and told us to sit down. Oh, but still. One so step, we're not there yet. But yeah, it, was a, it was a very enjoyable first step. <laughs> well, I'm delighted to hear it. But now let's get down to business. Um, because, of course, this is an area of study for you, older people and sexuality. And um, tell me about how you came to be interested in working with older people in the first place. Oh, I've always just been, I've always loved uh, older people. I just think there's just such a special thing about older people in society. You know, what they've been through their lives. They have so much that they can teach us and we've so much that we can learn from them. And societies that really value their elders and the older people in their society are often societies that are pretty successful and doing pretty well, you know, places like Japan and it's a, it's a shame that that's changing a little bit in the UK and Ireland and we aren't putting as much value in, and there's quite a bit of ageism sort of sneaking in. Yeah. Um, I'm just really interested in, in like learning from them. Yeah. Um, and also the idea of that the, the specialty geriatric medicine, which is just the best specialty, <laughs> is it's about treating the patient as a whole, but also treating the patient based on what their wishes and goals are. Yeah. So a lot of what we do focuses on what they want to achieve yeah. rather than like a number on a screen yeah. or a specific part of a scan. So I, I like that more holistic side of medicine with that, with that. And that's really interesting as well, because I think sometimes what seems to happen socially is that we, you know, the autonomy of older people is almost removed. And sometimes I think their actual wishes for their life are are kind of taken away from them or disregarded as they become more managed, perhaps by family, which which isn't really totally. Fair. And there's assumptions made about what they want. Yeah. You know, we assume that we know what people want when they're old, but but they, the things you want when you're young, they, they change. Your expectations change. Things change a lot as you get older. I think that we need to respect that. I'm, I'm really, um, you know, passionate about older people leading on their own care. Yeah. Um, and before we move on, I just want to say, because I learned this from you previously, that when we talk about older people, you know, you told me that the, the phrase elderly is something that actually older people don't like. Mm. So that's why we're the saying elderly sort of implies it sort of implies a, a homogenous group. Mm. It's sort of when when older people are as heterogeneous as every other age group, 
Um, it also implies a kind of a sense of dependence. Yeah. When plenty of old people, I mean, there's old people out there running marathons. Yeah. You know, they're not they're, they're not uh, bent over a stick, mm. kind of waiting to cross the road with someone to help them. Yeah. So to kind of elderly is a phrase that I think a lot of older people find a little bit derogatory, and so for that reason, we tend not to use it in our specialty. Mm. Um, so we say older, which is just simply a state of fact that yeah. they are older in age, which is much more, you know. Just a bit more uh, neutral. Nice, yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's let's talk about sex then, because I said in my intro that like I think there is an assumption that as older as people get older, they're less interested in sex, even though when you think about it, like that probably isn't true, because the idea of people like why would you just suddenly not be interested in sex? Um, but what yeah, have exactly. you found in your actual research? Well, um, the. Irish Longitudinal Study in Aging, I'm not sure if you've heard about it, it's a huge study that's run out of um, Trinity College Dublin by the incredible Professor Roseanne Kenny. And it looks at uh, thousands of Irish people over the age of 50. And, you know, some of the research from that just, just gives so many insights into so many things, but they've done some work into sexual activity. And they found the majority of people over 50 are sexually active. 59% are having regular sex. But actually... Um, when you look at those who have a romantic or intimate partner, that number is actually 88%. Mm. That seems like so it would be kind of, of consistent with the rest of the population. Exactly. There's a, a lot of it is about the life course. I mean, there's some, been some work that looks at the life course. The people who are having sex twice a week in their 30s and 40s tend to be having more sex at, in their you know, 70s plus. Mm. Whereas people are only having it once a month in their 30s and 40s tend to also just be having it a bit less when they get older. Mm. So a lot of it is just about, you know, your sort of level of sexual activity throughout your life course. Yeah. But this idea that all older people just, you know, suddenly hit some arbitrary age of 70 or something and then become asexual, mm. is, it's just ageist, really. And then what impact does that have on the way that older people are cared for? Well, it depends. I mean, for some people, I suppose it, it may, may or may not impact them. But the thing is, is that sexual function and health are quite strongly linked. So, for example, people who are more sexually active often are um, people who would rate themselves as in better health. Mm. So, it, you know, it's associated with lower levels of depressive symptoms, for example. Mm. It's associated with people who rate themselves of having higher quality of life. Mm. You know, all of those things are really important in your overall well-being. Mm. Um, but also, it is linked to physical health. Mm. So, for example... Um, you know, women live on average 30 years after the menopause now. Yeah. That's 30 years where you potentially have some postmenopausal issues such as vaginal dryness, mm. um, dyspareunia, which is sort of some pain. Mm -hmm. You know, you can get sort of other postmenopausal concerns that might affect your ability to have sex. Mm. And if we aren't addressing that or, you know, telling people that that's normal mm. or saying, asking them in, in the GP practice whether they, they want any help with that, then they might be just suffering on with that without ever realizing that they could maybe have an estrogen cream and that would make it a huge difference. And especially I would think in Ireland where culturally we haven't been maybe at the top of our game in terms of openness around conversation around sex. Like it might be difficult. I mean, it would be difficult for many people of our generation to go to the doctor and talk about sex and their needs in that regard. So totally. I can only imagine it would be potentially more difficult for older people. Exactly. And older people aren't stupid. They know that there's a preconception that they should be asexual. Right. There's almost this idea that like, I'm old now, so I shouldn't be, I'm, I should be sort of celibate. Right. But actually, as we know, people aren't. So they, they like, there's been quite a bit of work looking at um, how many people actually look for help when they've 
got an issue and, and some of the numbers are as little as five percent of people who had an issue yeah. ever sought any help for it yeah you know which is a real shame yeah so it, there are options you know and i do think the women come off a little bit worse because now we have viagra over the counter mm. so um the men do a little bit better but erectile dysfunction is really really common yeah um and there's loads of ways that we can manage it so people just kind of suffering in silence they because they feel like, oh, I'm too old to be talking about that. Yeah. It's not the case. You can speak to your GP and, and get some help with it. Yeah. Another thing that's super common that's never discussed, really, really under-discussed, is pelvic floor dysfunction. Mm. You know, a third of all women experience pelvic floor dysfunction, and that increases to even higher when you get into older age groups. Yeah. You know? And, and there's actually quite a lot of different things that can be done for that. Yeah, I was just going to say, and you might just assume that that's something that you have to live with. Exactly. So people just kind of suffer along. Yeah. And, you know, uh, that's we can do better. Yeah, it's really interesting because I guess what it all comes down to is the more open we are about conversations about this, then the more confident and perhaps empowered people will feel to ask for the help that they need when the help is there. Um, it's interesting that we're still having this communication issue um, in Ireland around sex and sexuality um, in 2021 when we like to think of ourselves as this evolved society. But of course, you know, we still have work to do. Definitely. But I think we've, we have come on leaps and bounds. So yeah. this is something that we can sort of, you know, keep that, that ball rolling on. Yeah. Um, you I, know, there's, there's like, uh, go on, go on. No, I was just going to say, can I ask, what about, what impact does, you know, a lot of older people find that they need additional care and they might find themselves in care homes? Like, does that have a really negative impact on their sex lives at most? Well, if you think about it, when you go into a residential care home, I mean, you, you kind of, marks the end of a, of a huge amount of your freedom. Yeah. So obviously sexual activity is, is going to be part of that. But again, that's an area that's been very little research has been done into. We don't really know how many people are in care homes that would like to be re retaining um, their sexual relationship with their partner or whatever. Mm. But, you know, we can assume that somewhat. And it's, an, it's a real issue that's starting to change that even, for example, couples who both go into care homes often get separated. Yeah. Like, even if they're in the same room, they might be in two separate beds. Why? Why is that? Well, it depends. I mean, sometimes there's quite good reasons for it. If one of them needs a very specific kind of mattress or a mm. very specific kind of care that you kind of need people to be able to be on both sides of them. Um to access the bed but they they do have double hospital beds they exist i've seen pictures online i've never seen one in real life mm. i'd imagine they're probably like a super expensive thing you can get in america yeah but you know i i just think that why imagine even if you know intimacy takes many many forms even if you're you really are very frail and and you don't have any interest maybe in having full-on penetrative sex but you do want to have intimacy with yeah. your partner that you've maybe shared a bed with for a long long time or even just li just lie um, beside each other just lying beside each other and and having a snuggle yeah you know that's the best bit um <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly um so and, and there's you think there's things like lack of privacy yeah. you know even in even an older person in a nursing home who wants to you know masturbate or anything yeah. like that there's there's lacks of privacy there's kind of maybe attitudes amongst the staff that that's inappropriate or yeah you know so i think we just need to reframe that older people should not have to be celibate they're not being inappropriate by not being celibate mm. um and, and we should be kind of 
keeping that in mind. Yeah, yeah. Well, I really thank you for coming on and talking to us about this because I think, you know, it's really become clear, as I said earlier, that the more we talk about this stuff, the better and the more informed we all are, the more maybe we can even open the door for conversations um, and to empower older people to feel more confident in talking about these things with their own GPs or whoever it is that they want to talk to about it. Um, thank you so much, totally. Dr. Mary Neil Lachlan, Academic Clinical Thanks Fellow for having me. In Geriatric Medicine based at King's College Hospital London. You have to let me get your whole title out, Mary. And um, I hope you get to have... A proper, proper uh, not being told to sit down dance soon. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait either. Thanks, Thanks Mary. Have a great one. Bye-bye. <laughs> Take care. Louise McSherry on 2FM.